Greetings, fellow planeswalkers. I'm James. And I'm Paul. And we are the Commander at Arms podcast. This week on the podcast, we're going to be talking about 10 of the most hated cards in Commander. But before that, we'll do the upkeep. Paul, have you played any games this week? Uh, I haven't. I actually started a, uh, a a second class that has been kept keeping me pretty busy, so I haven't been able to play any Magic. Boo. Well, I literally just got out of a, out of a game uh, right before recording. I was actually about seven minutes late to the recording session, and uh, I was playing the most famous deck in this podcast, the Tasikalov deck. So it's been unchanged since 2021 came out. I haven't added any cards. I haven't taken any cards out. It's still literally the same deck it was back in episode three or four. If you haven't listened to that episode, go and have a listen to that that episode. So I was playing a pod with Taysa Karlov. It was Meren. I forget the rest of the card name. uh, Meren of Clan Nailpoth. That's the one. Uh, The new Jarena Kudro, who is the Mardu human deck uh, from the, the precons. And I was also playing uh, against a Chainer. Uh, I think it's the Chainer the Nightmare or something. Nightmare Adept. The, the Rakdos one. Chainer Nightmare Adept, I believe. Yeah, the Rakdos one. And we pretty much all wanted to do exactly the same thing. You know, we, were, <laughs> we all resolved the Blood Artist at one point, And we were like, <laughs> don't know how this is going to go, but why not? And I ended up pseudo winning because we grinded out so long that my opponents were like, we have to go. We have somewhere to be. <laughs> um, but I, cause I had martyrs calls on the field. I had enough tokens to, to like sack it and not take damage. There was a Avacyn. It was giving everything of the Jarena players, uh, but he, uh, indestructible. So I couldn't board wipe and get lots of triggers he played Wald Slayer as well, so I was waiting for him to, like, Tree was trying to get in every turn, but I kept sacking enough creatures to not be able to actually take damage, and then he was, he was like, nah, screw this, minus 15 on Gideon, you know, exile all permanents, including lands, so I went, hold on a second, I'm going to sacrifice my creatures, get some drain triggers on the stack, gain a little bit of life, deal you some damage, and then I sacked it all to Ashnod's altar, floated like all of my, I think I had like eight, I want to say I had eight or 10 colorless mana, two, uh, two white and two black. And before he changed phases and I lost all of my mana, I, uh, I played second sunrise and got all my creatures back. And he was like, yeah, I can't, I can't deal with that value. I can't <laughs> deal with that recursion. I'm out. And I was like, woohoo. I win pseudo winning <laughs> and then paul was calling me on uh on on discord to be like hey we've got got to report we've got to record a podcast so <laughs> that's where we're at right now um yeah i uh so i kind of experienced that in real time as, as soon as james was done he called me and he was like oh you'll never believe it bud <laughs> <laughs> well like once the world slayer came down the whole table was just like nah that's it i'm out you know like that's it i scoop like i don't really condone against scooping i mean in the server that uh that i play in we like the games to even just to get played out even if it's just like a i draw one and then do this and then draw one and it's like one of those combos where it's like you just literally draw one card and it's like oh i draw into this card but we get them to play it out because a lot of the times players won't win because they mess up a trigger somewhere and that just makes them better players in the long run so instead of just being like, oh, I'll shortcut this and we'll just go to the next one, there is a possibility that someone could mess up their combo. 
like or not even have a combo in their deck you know the Marin player sacrificed protean hulk like three times to get stuff and still didn't end up winning after that either because i was like what are you trying to get man and then it wasn't <laughs> until after the fact that i was like hold on mike and trike is a combo that you want to put in that deck <laughs> <laughs> all right um, so enough about my play of the game and literally what i just did before this uh before this episode uh we are talking about the we have 10 of the most hated cards in commander technically now, 11 but two of them are uh, functionally identical cards okay <laughs> uh, air courts 15 kind of um so i want to preface this by saying that obviously as usual this is these are our opinions so if you have different opinions uh we'd love to hear them and we'll give you the details about that towards the end of the episode and i also would like to give our honorable mentions here and the reason they are honorable mentions is because um we already discussed these three cards in um are the cards we think we should be that should be banned episode which was episode i don't want to give a specific number but i feel like it was a single digit one like nine or so maybe ten i can't remember but um those cards are ristic study uh, smothering tithe and golos tireless pilgrim again we already discussed these cards and their flaws their issues in our cards we think should be banned episode so if you want to hear more about those Please feel free to go back and check out that episode. We would love for you to hear it and give us your opinions and thoughts on that. Uh, other than that, though, I think we're good to go ahead and jump into our main phase one here. If James, yeah, most definitely, okay. most definitely. Sorry, uh, I realized that I was probably going to be getting some Discord uh, notifications there, and I wanted to try and hit that the disturb button idea. on my laptop. <clears throat> anyway, the first card we're going to talk about is uh, a Paul edition. I didn't add this card. Paul did. Uh, that is Azami Lady of Scrolls. Now, I'll read it and he'll explain it. That's kind of the formula we have on this podcast, as you would know. <laughs> this is th 13 episodes in. We've kind of gotten how we're going to run this. I read it. He explains it. All right. So Azami Lady of Scrolls is two blue, blue, blue for a zero two legendary creature, human wizard that says tap an untapped wizard you control, draw a card. So that's an activated ability. Yes, it is. It's an activated ability, and it is one that ignores summoning sickness because, as I like to explain this, um, the ability is tapping the thing, but the thing is not tapping. Right? So because it says tap and untap wizard you control, that, that wizard is being tapped instead of tapping itself. So it doesn't care about summoning sickness or anything. So it can be used as soon as it comes into play. Azami is a wizard herself, so she can tap herself as soon as she comes in to, at the very worst, cycle in case she gets killed or something. And while it seems innocuous on the surface, being a 0-2 for 5 mana, um, bear in mind that most of the time you'll either see Azami as a commander or as a little bit of a driving force in a combo-based deck. Uh, she combos with uh, Mind Over Matter, which is a pretty popular card in Azami decks. So that is a two-card combo with Azami being constantly available to you. And even without combos or anything, you see this card hit the table, you already know what you're in for, right? Because you know that this person is just going to keep trying to draw cards until they do eventually hit some kind of combo, uh, even if she's not the commander. Like, I play this in Marisil. Whenever this card hits the table, it is not a good time. This person is probably ready to protect it and draw two, three, four, you know, as many cards as they feel they need. And that is why 
I added this to the list is because I have a lot of experience playing against this card in multiple different metas. And every single time I see it played, I just groan. And I dread the day that I was born. (laughs) (laughs) I have no experience playing against this card. This is that was all you, man. That was that was your card. The next the <laughs> next two cards are mine. And they're they're together. Um they are Dictative Erebos and Grave Pact. Now, I put them both on the list because I mean they're essentially exactly the same card. One just has flash um and has a it's kind of an easier casting costs. Because it is only two uh, red, uh, sorry, two black pips, whereas Grave Pack's three. But I'll give him a quick read, real quick. <laughs> quick. <laughs> Dictative Erebos is three black black for an enchantment that has flash. Whenever a, whenever a creature you control dies, each opponent sacrifices a creature. And Grave Pact is one black 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 for an enchantment that says whenever a creature you control dies, each other player sacrifices a creature essentially exactly the same card so it was just you know i put grave pact in there i mean because i play grave pact in taser as you all know um and every time i play that card it's just hate upon hate upon hate so that is the reason why i just i mean i don't want to incur that much hate with taser i very much want to just like build up a massive board state and then start sacrificing things off and making people you know not want to do things to me because I'll be like, uh, uh, right. I can sacrifice it. It's kind of hard to avoid the hate. Like these are two, these, this style oh, yeah. of card overall, like as soon as you play it, as soon as it hits the stack, people already know, uh, they kind of telegraph exactly what your game plan is and exactly what you intend to do with those naughty, naughty enchantments. Um, Oh yeah. I'm also going to go ahead and specify right now that this, we, we counted this as one card because they're functionally the same. The only time they're not really the same is in two-headed giant where grave pack makes your teammate sack a creature where dictative Erebos does not but that's not a very popular format so or a format we talk about here on commander at arms yeah but <laughs> just for full transparency i wanted to clear that up yeah. just in case that came up. that's fair uh so the next card we're going to talk about is one i've actually seen a couple of times on instagram from the professor and it was very funny that you said it because i was thinking it but i didn't put it on the list until you were like Hold on a second. Uh, <laughs> that card is hum- uh, Humility. Humility is an enchantment for two white white that says each creature loses all abilities and is a 1-1 one, one creature. Um, so my favorite deck to play, it's my most competitive deck, is Marisol. And every time I play Marisol, as soon as I see white, I pray to any higher powers above that that opponent is not playing Humility in their deck because I have zero ways of dealing with humility in Marisol. It's an enchantment. Grixis doesn't deal with that well. And even in any color, you see this card and, you know, any judges or anything or anybody who's familiar with the rules looks at the card and thinks, oh my god, this is a nightmare. I really don't feel like explaining interactions with this card to other people. You know, because there are weird interactions with this card where, for example, if you activate a Mutavault after humility is already on the table, it's still a 2-2. Did you know that? Uh, no actually i didn't (laughs) yeah so there's a lot of because it'd be the creature so because it's not a creature at the time it's uh an artifact right so it has to do with layering i don't want to go into the details of it right now because it's really confusing but um well i mean i mean if we're explaining this card 
wait, wait. So I'll, I'll ask you this, Paul. As a pseudo judge, someone who knows the rules pretty well, would you rather explain humility to somebody or Chains of Mephistopheles? I would rather explain Chains of Mephistopheles because that's a card where you can explain it one time and that's it. But humility has so many different actions or interactions with so many different cards that it's just an absolute nightmare. For example, that's fair. if you have humility on the battlefield and you cast a walking ballista for X equals four, it comes in as a one one with zero plus one plus one counters. So it dies. No, it's a one one. No, it's a one one. Yeah. Correct. Right. <laughs> ah, we're learning a little bit here at the Commander Rums podcast mm-hmm, today. Mm-hmm. Um, so, <laughs> or this evening, or whenever you're listening to this. Uh, judge or rule reasons aside, this is a card that just stalls the game so that either somebody wins in like 50 or 60 turns or so, or somebody deals with it and then that player gets hated out of the game almost immediately. Uh, either way, it makes for a very like blah experience, just a very bland time. And for what that reason, that it, this is a very groan-worthy card and is very deserving of its spot on this list. One card to turn competitive EDH into a battle cruiser game. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone throwing one ones at each, at each other. All right. So uh, the next card on the list we're going to talk about after humility is one that I I love this card. I was able to play one for free, which was fun. Um, with Oath of, I think it's called Oath of Druids. I believe it is. If someone oh yeah, owns yeah. more creatures than you do, you rip off the top and you can play the play the card for free. And I ripped a Seedborn Muse, and I was very happy about it. And then I that turn destroyed the Oath of Druids because I wanted the value, <laughs> and no one else got the value. Uh, that is Seedborn Muse. Seedborn Muse is a three green green two four creature spirit. Untap all permanents you control during each other player's untap step. Now, I realize explaining these cards to people out there, uh, you guys already know these cards. These are the cards that everyone hates to see. So, I mean, I'm still going to explain them for people who don't know them, but we all know it. We all know what Seedborn Muse does. Ah, well, newer, newer players to a meta might not have experienced it, but it's one that you swiftly become from very familiar with in Commander. Because oh, if yeah. the deck has green, almost all the time it's going to be playing a Seedborn Muse. Uh, it's in my Tulane deck. It's in my it's in my new Radha deck. Um, I also have in it in Kalamax. I also have it in Tulane. I have it in um a deck that I can't remember the name of for some reason right now. It's kind of embarrassing. That's a good deck. <laughs> you kind of remember the name of it. How is it? How is anyone else going to remember it? I I'm honestly embarrassed. It might be Garrett. I can't remember though. <laughs> It's a good choice in gear ed too, actually. Um, I actually went back and uh, and and had a quick look at some of the cards in gear ed and realized that when I was opening up my core 2021, that half of the cards, half the packs that I didn't open had the cards that I wanted in them. So I didn't realize I got them until after the fact when I was just scrolling through to find, uh, I kind of what I was trying to find in there. Oh, I was trying to find... Um, uh fierce impath that i that i cracked because i know i got two of them oh yeah so i put one i put one in Tulane and i was fine trying to find another one for another deck that i wanted and i came up i came across uh garrick's uprising in both showcase and regular and that is a fantastic card talk about new cards for gear ed oh yes um i have it in uh setting 
Druids. That's the ah. other book I have. That's, it's yeah, it's, not, it's I mean, not a druid, but it belongs there. Trust me. Yeah, because it untaps <laughs> your stuff, so then you can tap more druids and steal more people's stuff. Oh, yeah. I got Planar Bridge in there, too. Very good at Planar Bridge. Ooh. Wow. Talk um, about a hated card. So, just to uh, clarify why exactly this card is on this list, even though the way we're speaking sounds like we absolutely love the card. Uh, oh, no. This is a card that everybody loves when they play it and hate to see it played. Uh, you you see an opponent resolve this, and you immediately think that okay, well this game is just out of hope. Uh, there's literally nothing I can do against that. GG. And I've been in well, that I mean, situation. You can many exile times. it. You can. I mean, there, there are there are ways to get it, to get around it, but it's one of those like it but, is going to occur unless someone has like an instant uh, spot removal for it, like on the spot spot removal. It's going to hang around for at least two turns and you're going to get some value out of it. And if that deck has blue, they get to untap the mana that they use to pay for this thing, which means that they now have their yeah. counter magic available. Or if they're mono green, they have heroic intervention, blah, 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 blah. So, yeah, it's so a many cards are turned online with a seedborn muse. Yes, And I don't doubt it. I mean, you said that like this is one of those cards where you love to play it, but hate to play against it. It's very much how I feel like about like Ristic Study and Smothering Tithe. Right, exactly. Which is why they're in the honorable honorable <laughs> mention slot and not actually in the list. Right. So, moving on from Seedborn Muse, I'm going to talk about a permanent type that we don't really talk about here on the show. I think it's been about 13 episodes and we've barely talked about them, but that's Planeswalkers. We don't really talk about enough about the Planeswalker cards. So, one, one of them that we've talked about, uh, you know, the one that we're going to talk about now is Teferi Time Raveler. Teferi Time Raveler, as everyone should know from Standard, uh, is the one white-blue four-loyalty Planeswalker who has a static ability, because that's that's a new thing since War of the Spark, was Planeswalkers having static abilities. Each opponent can cast spells only at only any time they could cast a sorcery. So you want to counter stuff? Uh-uh. Can't do it. And you that includes on their speed? own turn. No. Oh, yeah. It's much worse yeah, than yeah. just being able to cast stuff during your turn because they can't even respond on their own turn. But we haven't even gotten to his loyalty abilities. That's literally just on the card. So his plus one says, until your next turn, you may cast sorcery spells as though they had flash. We all know flash is, you know, can cast them at instant speed. Minus three. Return up to one target artifact, creature, or enchantment its owner's con- uh, its to its owner's hand. Draw a card. This card is busted inside and out. This card is making waves in every single format possible. It's in cube. Uh, I believe it is seeing play in like vintage and legacy. It's in modern. It is a hundred percent in standard. People, a lot of people want to see this card just like banned. Um, this card usually quote, affectionately, end quote, referred to as T3 Fairy. That's usually how you'll see it uh, typed online. Um, has just been making major major bad feels in every format possible. Um, I have been fortunate enough to not see it in Commander as much, but I think that is just because it's a rather expensive card due to how popular it is. I think if this were like a maybe five or six dollar card, you'd definitely be seeing this pop up in a lot more Commander decks. I have seen it being played twice 
One was when we were playing in person before this whole pandemic happened. And that was because I had one <laughs> and I traded it. I traded it to a mate. It was foil. And I was like, yeah, I don't really need Teferi. I mean, I can trade it for some other stuff. And I did. And I was very happy with my trade. And I still am. I still think he's in a trade deficit to me. So if he pulls anything good from the new sets, I will be hitting him up. You know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then one more time online. And it was very much, it was essentially a win con. You know, it was played. The guy then swung out with, I think he was playing a Brago deck. He then swung out, did some fancy stuff. And then the guy was like, the other other player was heroic, like heroic intervention. Can't do that. Teferi won't let you. Yeah, so it's a major feels bad to not only be a not only allow like be forced to let your opponent play solitaire, which is essentially what the fairy does, but also to not even be able to protect your own spells. Like in a way, the fairy protects itself just with that static ability, right? Because if they go to kill it or cast something that would threaten it, you counter it, and guess what? That opponent can't respond in any way, shape, or form because Teferi's on the field. Yep. And you play this if you play this in like Bant or something, and then you can play this in Bant, Esper, and just cast like huge X spells, and they can't do anything about it. I mean, you play it in Bant, you go and get a finale of devastation. That's pretty much the game over, and they can't say anything about it. Um, it's only three mana. Uh it can immediately tempo like bounce a creature or something to somebody's hand and it draws a card. Those are not separate clauses. It does that and draws a card. This card yeah. is just honestly such a headache and such a well, nightmare. You said it's a, it's a tempo ch change. Like it's, it changes the tempo of, of, of the game being played. Let's just look at it real quick. It is a three CMC planeswalker that comes in with four loyalty. So you're paying less and getting more out of it. That is just, insane usually it's you know you pay five and you get three or you pay four and get four but this here you get you pay three get four and yeah you can then bounce someone's rock back to the hand you can bounce their soul ring back to the hand it's a it's a it's a disgusting card it is <laughs> and i don't know why it slipped through the cracks at uh wizards of the coast it, ma it makes the new teferi the one that you can activate once per turn at instant speed on each opponent's turn it makes uh, that one look fair. Yeah. And that card's really, really good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's half of the cards we've talked about. We're going to talk about the other half of the cards when we come back from our combat phase. So now that we have played all these lovely cards that we've, that we've just talked about and everyone's hated on us, and now we've got a combat phase to kind of swing back at them. So we're going to cast... What are we going to cast, Paul? What, what's our combat trick this, this episode? Uh, let's go with Heroic Intervention. Heroic Intervention. All right. All of our permanents are indestructible and hexproof. All right. We'll see what happens when we come back from our sponsor message now. Welcome back from our sponsor message. How did you go? How did, how did combat go? Did you lose any permanents? Uh, well, I'm still here, so... Oh, that's good. <laughs> didn't get exiled. Uh, I hope didn't not. Get, didn't get uh, exiled, flickered or anything. Good. That's good. It was good for me too. I love combat. It's like my favorite phase in all of magic. And my, mm, combat and main phase two. But speaking of main phase two, let's 
head into there now. So we've just lost all of our mana from combat. We're going to talk about the card. This is the reason why I put this list together. Now, this was the card that kind of made me think about what could be other cards like this that are going to hate, that are going to get people to hate on you as much as possible. Even if the card is not on the field, I copped hate for this card. Man, that was a rough game too. I was versing Gearhead uh, tokens. Obviously, that's Gearhead for you. And I got swung at and was left on two life until the end of the game. It was not fun. Because you but, played this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I even was like, I even tried to politic it and was like, hey, if I take this card off the field, are you still going to swing at me? And it was kind of like umming and ahhing and uh, I don't know, maybe. And I was like, all right, well, I just took it as like, if I take it off the field, I won't get attacked. And no, I still got attacked <laughs> and it sucked. So I, I was like, fine, you want to be like that? You want to attack me because I took it off the board? I'll play it again. So I did. <laughs> that card is Dranith Magistrate. Dranith Magistrate, he gives the biggest headache to Every single person that I have seen play or have this card played against them, it is a one and a white. One and a... It's a white card, Paul. It's so good for white. And then it doesn't draw cards or ramp you, but it pisses people off. I think it's really uh, funny that everybody complains about how weak white is just because they can't draw they cards. cards like but this. the cards that they have are really good. <laughs> yeah, so Dranith Magistrate is a one and a white for a 1-3 human wizard. Human Wizard, playing in, in, an, in an Azorius deck or Azorius Colors, you could use Azami and you could tap this and draw a card off it. Oof. That's white card draw, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Dranith Magistrate, yeah, one and a white for a 1-3 Human Wizard. Your opponents can't cast spells from anywhere other than their hands. Now, I have explained this to a couple people and I've been like, what do you think about this card? And they go, well, that's fine. I don't play from my graveyard or from exile at all. And then I look at them funny and I just go... But where's your commander sit? And then the light bulb happens and they go, oh, <laughs> crap. I can't play my commander. It's a card that comes down on turn two and says no to your commander. Uh, fun fact, turn two is usually before any commanders are played. I mean, there, uh, there is a commander in this list that we will talk about who was only one CMC. You've got Reese the Redeemed. Um, if you don't go first and someone goes before you, they can play a, a two CMC commander. But usually this is going to hose every single opponent's commander for as long as this sits on the field. And because I play it in Tulane, it gets targeted. I can bounce it back to my hand and play it again. As if Tulane himself was not enough. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> people are like, you're playing Tulane again? I'm like, yep. And they're like, oh, my God, Tulane again. I was like, yeah, I've got to work out the kinks. They're like, you've already worked out the kinks. This thing goes infinite and you win. And I'm like, yeah, but it's fun <laughs> for me. For me. Um, I mean, that's that's what matters. Dranath but, Magistrate, for anybody who's not aware, was printed in Ikoria. So it's a fairly newish card. And I think that's the reason why, if you haven't seen it a lot. Uh, well, hold on, let me rephrase that. If you haven't seen it a lot, I think that's the reason why. There we go. That sounds much better. Yeah, you got there. Um, it is fairly cheap as well. Not that that's relevant in this case. But, About a buck um, 90. Uh, yeah, so it's from Ikoria. I actually also play this card in Elish Norn, but that's just like a prison and tax deck. Death and taxes, so to speak. Um, 
I think this card should be in, uh, well, any deck that includes white. Because it's not even symmetrical, yeah? It's just opponents. So it doesn't matter yeah. what you're doing. It, it just matters what well, they're Well, that's doing. the thing <laughs> is, I, I justify this card as the same reason is why I play Torpor Orb in my morph deck. It's not affecting me. It's never going to affect me. And it kind of slows my opponents down to where they can't do anything. And, I mean, in true lane, that's fantastic. And with Torpor, I mean, like, obviously Torpor Orb is going to hose the true, my true lane deck because it's all about, you know, abusing ETBs. Um, but that's where I just play, you know, um, Generous Gift and Beast Within. Now, the only commanders that Dranath Magistrate is awkward against are ones with Eminence, because they do their thing anyway from the command zone. But outside yeah. of those special cases, um, this will generally help you deal with commanders that are problematic when they, as like as soon as they resolve, like... Uh, uh, I, I I almost said the name, but it's actually the next card we're going to talk about. So yeah, I'm not I was going to segue into it that way and be like, "Hey, you want to know a commander that gets hosed by this one? How about this one?" Actually, but, let's mean, go ahead it... and use that as a segue, and uh, <laughs> let's go ahead and read this next card. All right, so a commander that this card hoses is uh, Maelstrom Wanderer. Maelstrom Wanderer. Wow. I cannot pronounce my words today. <laughs> Master Wanderer is a five blue, red, and a green for a seven, five legendary elemental that says creatures you control have haste, cascade, cascade. So if you don't know what cascade does, I'll fill you in real quick. Cascade is, uh, it says when you cast this spell, exile cards from the top of your library until you exile a non-land card that costs less you may cast it without paying its mana cost. Put the exiled cards on the bottom of the uh, bottom of your library in a random order, then do it again. Yep. Um, this is a card that I'm sure it's actually it seems to have fallen a little bit out of popularity in recent times. It used to be extremely popular. Um, I think more. I think I've seen Maelstrom Wanderer in the '99 more than I have seen it as the commander. I think we just have stronger commanders now in those colors like in teamer colors then this off i mean it's it's five and teamer so i mean it's eight mana but you get a cascade twice it's three spells though yeah i, I mean eight <laughs> mana for three spells i mean like i'm not going to say no to that but i mean uh if you just want to like you know specifically nitpick exactly how it works so like maelstrom wonder will come down as a five you'll then get a seven or less and then you then get the second one is also a seven and less, or is it a yeah? The, they that they both is. trigger off the Maelstrom Wander, so they both are going to be okay. seven or less. I mean, that's pretty good. Like, yeah, pretty, what am really I saying? Good. Pretty good. That's <laughs> that's that's an eight CMC spell and two possible seven CMC spells for eight mana. I mean, that's fantastic. Also, I if mean, they're you're creatures, green, you can ramp. If they're creatures, Maelstrom Wander gives them haste. Also, remember. We're going to talk about reasons why we hate this card. Yes. Not why we be like, go play more Maelstrom Wanderer. Why do we hate this card, Paul? So as soon as someone either has us in the command zone or puts this on the stack, um, when they put it on the stack, they get both those cascade triggers. So you have to sit there and wait for, to see what they get. Or you just pop off and counter the Maelstrom Wanderer right away. Either way, they're getting at least two spells out of this, right? Because if you counter the Maelstrom Wanderer or one of the other two spells, they still got the other two coming down. Yeah. If you decide to counter one of the other two spells, Maelstrom Wanderer is going to hit you in the face for seven right away. That's a three-turn clock in Commander, by the way, if it's the Commander. Yeah. Um, because he says creatures you control have haste. 
not other creatures, creatures. So it includes Maelstrom Wanderer itself. Um, again, like this is just a card where you see it hit the stack. The person announces Cascade twice, and you just groan and hope that they rip like, I don't know, an Arbor Elf off the top or something like that. <laughs> yeah, no, like legit. I was trying to think. I'm like, do you play this in Eldrazi? But usually Eldrazi is like more expensive than eight. Um, well, the good ones. But does this work? Does this work with command attacks too? Or is um, it only see it as eight every time you can't cast it from the command zone? It goes by CMC, and it's CMC is always eight. So yeah, okay. it'll it'll just be eight each time. That's fair. Good question. It's still, still stupidly powerful. Yeah, it was just. I mean, it was something that I just wanted to make sure I wanted to clarify, and why not let everybody out in the world kind of know that as well, and kind of level us all up as commander players. Um, but Maelstrom Wanderer can sometimes uh, oops into a combo. You know, usually you run like yeah. Kiki Jiki and Pestermind or something like that. And um, yeah, it's just not a good time overall. You see, like you, like I said, you see this hit the stack, and you just groan and hope that they uh, they whiff completely. But yeah, guess what? They it's... never whiff because it's a seven five with haste, so it's not a whiff. <laughs> it never is a whiff, <laughs> even if you don't rip anything good off the top. You still, like you said, seven five, slam that into somebody, give them that that countdown clock of two more turns until they die, and that really sucks. But should we talk about one commander card, one commander that doesn't get affected by the Dranath Magistrate? Because you're always casting this turn one. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Everyone should know what this one is. Well, I'm not saying everyone should know what it is, but with context clues, most people will probably know who most this commander Mystery is. Most Mystery I think, right? As a foil? Uh, I, I believe remember. so, yes. Um, I'm pretty sure it is. Uh, and now I've yes. only played against one, one of these decks, and that was a uh, shout out to Michael from our playgroup you know who you are you know when you played this you know it was what a lot of fun <laughs> <laughs> you know you know who you are you know what you've done <laughs> so then the uh the commander card that, that dranath magistrate never hoses is norn the wary now there is no time that you would never play this turn one this is a this is your turn one play no matter what this is the same as like reese you know you're playing this turn one because you're always going to have that one mana turn one unless you play like a salt ring into a signet <laughs> that's kind of a toss-up there but anyway i digress uh nor in the wary is a one red for a two one legendary creature human warrior that says when a player when a player plays a spell or a creature attacks remove nair in the wary from the game return it to play under its owner's control at the end of turn so he flickers himself no matter what happens, you play a spell or attack, anything happens, Norn goes away, and then he comes back. Uh, yeah. Seems innocuous at first, but after the after the third turn cycle and the twelfth time of the Norn player saying trigger, you're going to get really annoyed real fast. You, they're <laughs> going to say trigger, and you're going to be triggered. <laughs> um, yeah, so Norn the Wary is usually paired with uh, like fingers and stuff to deal some damage over time. And like I said, this is just a really annoying card to deal with um, in the fact that it can't really effectively be dealt with outside of um, like attrition or th like enchantments that stay on the field and destroy creatures, things like that. Uh, outside of those, Norn the Wary is probably going to just ruin your brain with trigger, well, trigger, trigger. I mean, you could always get him to sacrifice it. You that could be a thing. You could if with a dictative Erebos or a grave pact on the field. 
you would need that on the field and you would need a sack outlet on the field already as well that's as bad. the creature because the second you yeah cast that's a, a lot of setup <laughs> that's a lot of setup to get rid of a one cmc commander i really think that the flavor text on nor and the wary pretty much sums up the experience with him and for anybody not aware of the flavor text is i have a bad feeling about this is that a star wars reference i don't know maybe i want to say it is because <laughs> han solo says that i mean it's in every single star wars movie that's ever been made I don't actually know about the new trilogy because I've only seen each of one of those once. I've only seen the first of the new trilogy and I haven't seen anything after that. You're honestly not really missing that much. That's what I've heard. And that's why to I've be fair, it. we're a Star Wars podcast now. <laughs> Welcome to Commander Arms. <laughs> we're going to talk about Star Wars. Uh, no, I feel Still like a that is a Star name, Wars actually. reference. <laughs> yeah. Commander at Arms. Yeah. Yeah. The Force is one with Nye. That does not make any sense. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like I feel like that's a I feel like that's a Star Wars reference right there. But um, um, so nor in the wary, so, like I said, usually you want to pair them with like pingers that deal damage when things enter the battlefield. And speaking of which, uh, it's a good segue into our next card here. James, you want to go ahead and introduce? Yeah, that? the next card is a card that you play in the ninety nine, no matter what. You this is the first card you sleeve up when you're playing nor in the wary. This is the first before you even sleeve up your lands, just off to the side. You want to save up this card first. This card is Perforos, God of the Forge. Perforos, God of the Forge, is a three and a red. For a legendary enchantment creature god, he couldn't have any cooler ty- uh, types and subtypes. Six, five, indestructible. As long as your devotion to red is less than five, Perforos isn't a creature. It's an enchantment. Whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, Perforos deals two damage to each opponent. He also has an activated ability of one and a red. Creatures you control get a plus one, plus zero until end of turn. Um, the activated ability is actually two and a red. I just want to clarify that. But um... Two and a red. <laughs> I misread. I'm reading it on my iPhone because it's really small and I forgot to zoom in. Um, um, hashtag reading glasses. It's really not a big deal because nobody ever uses that ability. I've maybe seen Hell it no. once or twice. Um the important part is when another creature enters the battlefield, it deals two damage to each opponent. Um, you can see how that interacts with Nor and the Wary, where you basically just take uh, eight damage a turn cycle, which is always yeah, fun. Yeah, so it's a uh, so you basically you up the trigger count. You go trigger on Norn, and then he comes back, and you like trigger on uh, Perforos. <laughs> everyone loses two. Um, but even outside of Nor and the Wary, Perforos in any like token deck, in like Kiki Jiki, in Krenko in like a just like a mono red grenzo deck uh in any deck that plays creatures and is red basically are the two like identifying factors that you want to play perforos um you're gonna play perforos you're gonna see perforos and every time he's gonna do 10 damage to you and before you know it you're going to be dead right because mm-hmm. red loves nice cheap creatures and perforos loves punishing opponents for playing them or for you playing them. Oh, yeah. So you see this card hit oh, the yeah. table, and you know that your imminent doom is on fast approach. Yeah, it's it's coming. <laughs> it's, I mean, I want to feel like it wasn't Perforos we had. Uh, we could have put in another card that's very similar to Perforos. That's Impact Tremors. Impact Tremors, I believe, is one and a red for an enchantment that says whenever a creature enters the battlefield, it deals one damage. So that's what I was 
versing when uh when we were, when I was versing the Noran deck was Noran and Impact Tremor, so we were dying even slower. So it wasn't even a lot. It was it was a longer game than what it needed to be. But I was just I was sitting there, and as you were as you're explaining everything about Noran the Wary, you could effectively add to your field uh or in the deck if you were to so and so quote like build this deck on the fly uh fiery emancipation the new card from m21 we talked about a couple of times you know triples the damage from permanence uh furnace of wrath doubles the doubles the permanent damage um anything that basically doubles damage from permanence or red sources or deals more damage so torbrand the new dwarf noble he's fantastic as well because he makes it you know perverse deal extra damage um this is all true, but to further clarify why Perforos specifically is on this list, um, is indestructible. Oh yeah, you, you, it's very difficult to get rid of this. It, it's difficult to get rid of any god, in particular. Yeah. Uh, Perforos is the one that you see the most often, and it is generally the most impactful because it's directly affecting you. Yeah. So, well, in this analogy, you know, Noran's the key. Perforos is the car. <laughs> and everything else is the added package. So the bull bar on the front, the the lights, the little special lights, the alloy wheels, the ten ton pulling capacity. We are now a car podcast as well. <laughs> <laughs> so we have one last card to talk about, Paul. Yes, we're, but that's it. We're, we're we're at card number ten. That went really quick, really fast. Hope everyone had fun. This is a card. That I didn't even know was in my meta until you said it was in the meta. And <laughs> that card is Survival of the Fittest. Survival of the Fittest is a one and a green enchantment that has an activated ability of one green, discard a creature card, search your library for a creature card, reveal that card, put it to your hand, then shuffle your library. Yep. Um, this is quite a pricey card now. Um James, I'm sorry. I put the updated text version on our list here, so it doesn't have a price because it's an MTGO only. Yeah, I just <laughs> changed it to the ex to the Exodus version. Um, this card is now like I got mine for twenty dollars, and it's now like a hundred. It, it depends on condition, but like a hundred um, to one hundred fifty bucks. Yeah. So TCG Player and Card Kingdom is saying one hundred and forty nine ninety nine. Yeah. Um. So it's a pricey card now, so you, you don't usually see it too much. That being said, though, uh, the instant this card hits the table, and I experience this all the time when I play this card, uh, people groan, they know what's coming, I pay a green, I discard my Golgari Grave Troll and my Moldrotha deck, and, you know, mo sometimes, even at that point, people just want to scoop. Um, yeah, that's all you really need. It's a repeatable tutor, right? It's only two green to play it, and then a green to discard a creature and fetch something out. Because it's a repeatable tutor, you can respond to literally any situation. I've used this to get Bane of Progress. I've used this to get Massacre Worm. I've used this to get, um, like, I, you can use this to get, like, Mike and Trike. You can use it to set up full creature-based combos. You can use it to get your um, Protean Hole, you know? Like, the options are literally endless. There are creatures for every situation. You can use it to get Rexage, blah, 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 blah. I'm not going to list all the creatures that you can get with it because there's a lot. Should do it, Paul. List every single creature that this this card can get. <laughs> we'll be here for another 45 to an hour. Okay, one of the best cards you can get with it is um <laughs> Actually, I forgot the name of it. Wow, this is embarrassing. What's the what is the snake dude from Cons of Tarkir? The the snake con. Sadisi? Sadisi. But the mono black S one. The 
the oh uh yeah the uh what is it what's the trigger is it sadisi vizier of the undead or something i can't remember yeah undead vizier maybe um yeah but yeah you put me on the spot here i had a whole thing (laughs) spiel like put out for this whole whole episode you're throwing in cards um (laughs) you can use survival the fittest to get sadisi and then sadisi can tutor any card right so you can get yourself a board wipe or you know whatever the case may be yeah, just a really broken, like really good card. You see it hit the table and you immediately know that, okay, this guy's either going to pop off now or pop off later. Definitely. So that's our list. Did you guys like it? I like it. If you did like it, tell us. If you didn't tell like us, it, tell us it at all of our <laughs> social medias. If you didn't like it, also tell us. <laughs> tell us what you would add. Tell us what we should have added. Tell us what you would have taken away. Do you guys hate Janeth Magistrate as much as we do? Do you guys love Perforos? Or are we just being too salty on that card? You tell us. How you can tell us is we have two ways. First way is Twitter. Uh, what is our Twitter handle, Paul? Y- you can find us on Twitter with the handle at CMDR at arms. And uh, yep. I'm going to let James take care of the email because I can never remember what it is. <laughs> we have an email address. The email address is, as you should know from every single episode that we talk about anything on this show, it is commander at armspod at gmail.com. Send us your deck text. Send us your everything. Just everything. Send us everything. Opinions. Send us your deck text. Especially. Send us your memes. Send us uh your likes and your dislikes you know what you liked about this episode, what you didn't like about about the episode uh hit us up on the instagram i've been doing a lot of like pack cracking lately because i've been able to like get my hands on packs in a decent amount so that's commander dot at dot arms or commander at arms in the search bar you should be able to find us it's just our our cool podcast logo that we've got made up probably maybe going to change to a different logo soon we are not quite sure <laughs> but we will hit you up actually we're also going to be running a poll on our Twitter, talking about merchandise. So I want to talk about merchandise real quick. We can do shirts. We can do stuff. Let us know what you guys want to see on merch, and we will try and provide what we can for you. Uh, I'll have Paul put that poll up probably in the next couple of days or two, and we will go from there. So how else can they get in contact with us, or how else can they support us? You can do it through patreon.com slash commanderatarms. That's how you can directly... Uh, help to support the show we have a one dollar tier a five dollar tier and a ten dollar tier um also if you have difficulty with memory like i do um you can just go to our twitter and i believe i have our link tree link in the bio on twitter you can click that and you can find the links to all of our social media and as well as the podcast itself on there if you want one we succinct are literally way to find all of it everywhere also don't forget to rate and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, follow us on Spotify. And I believe you have to follow us on Google Podcasts as well. That kind of helps the backtrack and the behind the scenes stuff and analytics and all that. Help spread the word. Get us out there. Commander at Arms, you know, get us out there. And I if see, you want... I want to hear us in everyone else's ears. If you want some more visual content, uh, somebody that has been helping us out a little bit lately, uh, at manicures on twitter her name is chase she does uh regular uh commander streams so live webcam like paper commander footage if you want something to watch uh some gameplay which we will get into eventually uh it's not a great time right now to do so so we're gonna kind of stay out of it for a little bit 
but uh, we'll dabble here and there. But if you do want some regular content, please go check her out. She's very friendly, very nice, and very, uh, very supportive of the community. Yeah. While you're on there, check us out too. We are twitch.tv slash commander at arms. We don't stream as much as what we want to be right now because of everything that's going on. We'll be streaming in the future and we might even release some gameplay videos or gameplay streams. But if you are definitely a part of our Patreon, you can have the chance to play magic with Paul and I. Um, and that is... I've got nothing else it. to say. That's really. all I got. <laughs> cool. Well, we will see you. Actually, we won't see you, but you will hear us on the next episode of the Commander at Arms podcast. Bye. See you later. Thank you.